0: With the sound of who? Bismillah. to be back together with you all. Tomorrow begins a new month, and I thought I would share the theme for December. God's mercy is water, it flows to the lowest, become humble earth, become humble earth to be embraced by the merciful. God's mercy is water it flows to the lowest become humble earth to be embraced by the merciful <clears> Thank <throat> you. We'll find the meaning of a theme like this from inside ourselves. If we trust that Madlana is speaking the truth in some way, and that what he's speaking is something about the nature of reality. <coughs> it's not a, a dogma. It's not a theology. It's a truth about human being's inner life, the truth of the soul, it's the truth of the soul. So what it means to be low, we have to discover. I think we probably know that to be humble, for instance, is not to have a low opinion of ourselves. To be low is not to be lower than anything but to be low in relationship to only one thing, to be low in relationship to the Divine. It must take wisdom to know what is the Divine at any moment, in any circumstance. is you know uh, a, an event that is happening, a relationship, um, a challenge is that the divine acting upon me, possibly? Does it mean I have to submit to anything, everything? That is, who knows, we're we're learning that for ourselves. We're learning where is mastery appropriate, where is submission appropriate. We have some readings that may shed some light on this. But Nirvana says that mercy flows When you become like humble earth, mercy will flow to you. And mercy is everything. Mercy is all the blessing, all the grace, all the protection, even all the wisdom that a human being can receive. It's not just mercy for our faults or weaknesses. In our tradition, mercy really means everything that the Divine bestows, right? It said to the Prophet Muhammad, we sent you only as a mercy to the world, only to embody something and express something and make it real in this world. So. But at the very least, we forget this lowness. When we get filled with our own self-assertion, when we forget um, what is the master truth of our lives, what is what could be the center of our lives. to direct us to the final selection the two lines after you've become nothing you needn't fear the anvil take lessons every morning from absolute nothingness thing striking you know the anvil only strikes on red hot iron or steel to give it shape to make it a sharp blade or a shoe horse perhaps horseshoe excuse me take lessons every morning from absolute nothingness After you've become nothing, you needn't fear the anvil. Take lessons every morning from absolute nothingness. Hopefully we have a practice in the morning. Hopefully we have prayer, zikr, meditation. And hopefully we might experience what medlana means by nothing right here? can you be nothing and make plans can you be nothing and have an intention can you be nothing and be of service can you be nothing and make beautiful music? So how would we answer that? sense a way of being in the world where our making plans doesn't cause us to absolutely forget Allah we're having an intention while wow. strategizing over something planning learning practicing doesn't completely obscure the reality that we are in the Divine Presence. So, we know that from our own experience, I hope. We know the difference between all the things we do that eclipse the sun of reality. To share these really beautiful things because we're coming to Shebiharus, the night <coughs> of Nevlana's wedding with his beloved, the night of his reunion, the night of his climax, the climax of his life. Wars also means that. So, Lizzie, would you read? The first yes.
1: <coughs> Whatever is steeped in grape juice will require the flavour of grape. Whether it be carrots or apples or quinces or walnuts, you will taste in them the delicious flavour of the grape. When your knowledge is steeped in the light of faith, then wayward people will receive light from it. Whatever you say will be luminous, for the sky never rains anything but pure water. Become like the sky. Become like the cloud and shed rain. The spout rains, too, but it can't produce the rain. The water in the spout is borrowed. The water in the cloud and sea is original. Your thought and reasoning resemble the spout. Inspiration and revelation are like the cloud and the sky. The rainwater engenders all the colors of the garden, while the spout causes quarrels with your neighbor.
0: It just occurred to me that um, there's a phrase in the Knowing Heart. Well, it's the chapter title: "Grapes ripen, smiling at one another." And somebody told me recently they had read they had read the Knowing Heart. Actually, they said they were told three times to read the Knowing Heart. First time, they picked it up from the library, and it made no sense at all. They waited a few months went back and took it out a second time. Made no sense at all. (laughs) And then this really happened uh, to someone actually who's a pretty, you might say, accomplished dervish now, and finally went back a third time and couldn't believe that it hadn't made sense the first two times. Uh, But the one, the most memorable thing in the book for this person was grapes, she said two things that stuck in her mind with great power. One is, grapes ripe smiling at one another. And the other one was an aphorism. Hear the drumbeat of death in the distance. And when she first heard that, hear the drumbeat of death in the distance, had no idea what that could possibly mean. And now it's a daily fact. But anyway, back to the grapes. <laughs> so how beautiful that uses this example that the grapes can flavor all of the other fruit. Its, uh, it's taste it saturates other, other tastes. And it just occurred to me that there's something, you know, in us, which is the greatness. You're all grapes. Hopefully you've been pressed and the wine and the grape juice is becoming wine. Um, And it's a beautiful, flavorful wine. But of course, he's talking here about something more profound. When your knowledge your knowledge is steeped in the light of faith, then wayward people will receive light from it. So, the two important words there knowledge and faith. Isn't it interesting that there needs to be knowledge? In light of faith that in and of itself is not sufficient. There needs to be something that is... There needs to be a teaching. There needs to be a framework. There needs to be um, an understanding, at least intellectually, of things like what is the soul? what is, What are the levels of reality? Is there something that can be called divine. What is the relationship between the soul and the divine? What are the qualities of the divine? What kind of relationship is possible? All all this and much, much more is the knowledge part of it. You can have that knowledge to some extent. You can read about it, right? You can pass a test on it. What's the difference between having that intellectual understanding and having it um, combined with, or illuminated by what Mevlana calls the light of the light of faith, and to into that light of faith? What is that? What does faith feel like? How do you experience faith? Possibly even the word could limit our understanding of what faith truly is. I think sometimes the beauty of Mevlana is that he points us you know, beyond our conventional, customary understanding of these words. we begin to think, what is that? What would the light of faith be like? It may take time to understand that faith is not belief. Faith is not also trust. Trust is a good thing. Belief may or may not be a good thing. Faith, at least as far as I understand it, has something to do with perception, has something to do with experience, has something to do with knowing. Knowing that we live in a purposeful reality, a spiritual reality, a a reality that has meaning, that has quality, that has value. And I can imagine from as much as I know, as much as we know, that that experience of that faith is, can be deepened more and more. It would be absurd to think otherwise based on what we ourselves have experienced from maybe having very little faith at one point to beginning to have, at least at moments, a taste of something extraordinary. So, when your knowledge is steeped in the light of faith, then wayward people will receive light from it. Whatever you say will be luminous, for the sky never rains anything but pure water. How lovely, extraordinary way he ties together these metaphors. He's telling us there's something like, open up, become the sky. Jesus said, in the original Greek, the kingdom of the sky is within you. It wasn't kingdom of the he- heaven; it was kingdom of the sky.
1: Changes
0: <laughs> bit. Yeah. Mevlana's of course, neither Mevlana nor Jesus are talking about the sky. You know, that has the clouds in it, or the mere rain that falls from those clouds. But this is everything is a sign of something else. All of this existence is a metaphor of some greater reality. Become like the sky. Surely we know that that's an inner experience. Sometimes in meditation, they tell you, uh, in training, first lessons in meditation, view every thought as a cloud just passing across a clear blue sky, but let it go. Little by little, Notice the cloudless sky. Or notice the space between thoughts. Become like the sky. I've always been grateful that the sky is blue and not uh, paisley, for instance. Or plaid, just blue. Beautiful blue. Become like the sky, then become like the cloud and shed rain, shifting the metaphor yet again. And the spout rains too, but it can produce it can't produce the rain. The water in the spout is borrowed. The water in the cloud and sea is original. So what does the water in the spout equate to? Received opinion, concepts, even doctrines, dogmas. Something comes from the cloud and the sea and the sky. From the sea to the sky, to the cloud, to the rain. Your thought and reasoning resemble the spout. Inspiration and revelation are like the cloud and the sky. So Mithlan is telling us, you, you can know this. You can experience this. He's begging us to experience it. Kind of reminds you of a transcendentalist, too.
1: -hmm. you know, in terms of the whole idea of like knowledge is out there already that's things that have been discovered, ideas that have already been explored. But if you can really transcend that, you know, into the highest levels of reading and spirituality reasoning, I mean not reading and spirituality. Yes. But the row out there we all together.
0: Yes. Exactly. Then he says, the rainwater engenders all the colors of the garden. And one colorless water engenders all the colors of the garden. While the spout causes quarrels with your neighbors.
2: Even in our language, we talk about people spouting off about something. Yes. (laughs) I
0: debated whether to use the word tap or spout there. So I stay with spout. It's probably the right choice. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Especially for that reason. So you get a kind of um, picture here more than a picture, it's, it's like a, a whole structure of meaning because he's tied together a number of different metaphors but he's really completed uh, a model of um, how the human being becomes illuminated how the human being gains access to a different kind of truth, to a different kind of experience. And how anyone who, to some extent, opens up to that sky, that emptiness, that openness, that transcendence, bring something into the world, bring some illumination into the world that is helpful, that is a blessing, that um, is important in a world gone dark, in a world obscured, in a world caught up in opinion, in conflict, in lies, any other insights comments or shall we move on
2: I'm going back to this uh, passage about uh, knowledge steeped in the light of faith and uh, I'm seeing it applying also to um, much more earthly knowledge so the knowledgeable cook can say don't cook the stew in that pot it will just burn to the bottom and taste nasty and that's good knowledge but the uh, if the knowledge is steeped in the light of faith so now the cook not only knows about pots and stews but also is just astonished at the gift of life and the gift of these things that we can eat and gain pleasure and nourishment from and the astonishing beauty of another human being in the room who also wants to cook and now the message is going to come across entirely differently still, you know, teaching about not burning the stew but the way we're people will receive really life from it because it's just coming from pure love.
0: Beautiful, yes, thank you. That's makes it very practical, very much an example from everyday experience and everyday experiences where this illumination must happen. the response of one person giving guidance and another person receiving it somebody has to be there to receive it non-defensively and not say you know you're finding fault with me or you're you know you're always making me think I'm doing things wrong whatever which some people may be predisposed but of course mercy and even patiently transform that. That whole idea of roses in the
1: kitchen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The kitchen sort of as a laboratory of communion. Yes. Roses everywhere. Camille always makes sure that. Honor, would you read the next
2: one?
1: <clears throat> Fools honor the mosque, yet seek to destroy those in whose heart God lives. That mosque is of the world of things. This heart is real. The true mosque is nothing but the heart of spiritual kings. The mosque that is the inner awareness of the saints is the place of worship for all. God is there. There's actually a lovely resonance with the first one because if you think about the mosque as the place of prostration, then any place any place can be a mosque if it's a place of prostration. Yes.
0: Last week's event in Egypt uh, seemed particularly
2: meaningful. Hannah's yeah. so comment connects with the December theme mm-hmm. um, about becoming humble. Observing is the physical manifestation of the act of becoming humble.
0: Yes. So this line, the mosque is the inner awareness of the saints, or the mosque that is the inner awareness of the saints is the place of worship for all. The mosque that is the inner awareness of the saints. And interesting that he says saints, plural. I'm not saying it would be wrong if it were singular. But it's as if it's... Um, pointing to a place, a state of being, which is the inner awareness of the saints, which is the place to go to, is the place of worship for all. I really feel that, personally, there are things I could not have known or experienced until I encountered that space. That was prepared by the saints. It wasn't in me. It wasn't my creation. You know, if it weren't for, for example, Mevlana and Shams, if it weren't for, and I could name, you know, the Haram in Mecca or or Medina or many places where sacred places that were in this world that also represented a state of being. And I think by having experienced some of those places, that state of being, that space is brought right here with us. Once again, nirvana is reminding us of spiritual realities, of states that are places, of a reality that is something more than mere physical reality.
2: uh, hmm. Is there a connection between the mosque that is nothing but the heart of spiritual kings and the last reading about becoming nothing? Uh, Is that mosque a... of um, the awareness of one's nothingness um, a space that is empty but for the time
0: Absolutely Absolutely And We are, we're in the process, aren't we, of just making space in ourselves and in our inner being, in our inner awareness, to open a space, to clear a space. And normally that we know from experience that space is usually full of a lot of things. And sometimes it can have those things and there can also be space as well. It's not an absolute uh, otherwise, it would be a hopeless situation. But the saints are always saying things like, uh, give your heart to, to nothing but God, or let nothing into your heart but God. So these are all relative truths. You we, we don't have to be absolute about it, and yet it does indicate a direction and nothingness. <clears throat> Conveniently can also be read no-thingness, no-thingness, and non-existence, and so, no-thing because Allah is not a thing, not even a person And yet, how extraordinary that this person, this thing, which is Barry or Fareed, could open that space and the divine, which is not something infinitely distant, but is something ever-present, will show itself in a place very near to us, nearer than your jugular vein. This is what the ritual prayer is meant to reveal to us. It's one practice, not the only practice, but if the ritual prayer isn't that, then what is it? It's a good exercise. Uh, It maybe keeps us from thinking bad thoughts. But its purpose is nothing less than to open a space for the divine to enter. And the nothingness, what better attainment of nothingness than... What better expression of nothingness than touching your forehead to the ground? If any act could symbolize that for the human being, who is, after all, a form. There's no getting away from the fact that a human being is a particular form, and yet here is a form matched to the Proportions and shape of the human being that allows the human being to experience the formless. That's the paradox. And whirling can do that in another in another way. Although we should always call it the turn. The turn is another means of reaching that nothingness. Quite definitively, because one really needs to be have that nothingness open in order to be able to turn. You can fake meditation. You can fake salat. It's harder to fake the term One more.
2: I'm yes. stuck too by in this one. you just had universal atoms could with, um, with the word all, the place of worship for all. Mm-hmm. And how comprehensive that can be. It doesn't have to be limited to people anymore.
0: Yeah.
2: But to every place of worship for
0: mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Yes. Well, everything else is worshiping. It's only we who are lagging.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, Barry, would you read the last one?
2: The sea doesn't let the fish out, nor does it let the creatures of the earth in. Water is the original home of the fish. The weighty animal is of the earth. Nothing we can do can change this. The lock of divine destiny is strong, and the only opener is God. Cling to surrender and contentment with God's will. Though the atoms one by one should become keys, yet this opening is not effected except by divine majesty. When you forget your own scheming, happiness will come to you from your spiritual guide. When you are forgetful of self, you are remembered by God. When you have become God's slave, then you are set free.
0: selection has a nice proportion and right in the middle is the fulcrum though the atoms one by one should become keys yet this opening is not affected except by divine majesty so let's look at this first of all we have the fish in the ocean the creatures of the land Each is imprisoned in its own element. Sometimes Mevlana uses the water or the ocean to symbolize the spiritual reality. But also it's quite literally true. The lock of divine destiny is strong and the only opener is God. So now here he's giving a possibility that Something could change radically. Cling to surrender in contentment with God's will. Cling to surrender. It's almost how can you cling to surrender In a sense, it's true. Accept surrender and be content with God's will. For starters. Try that. As opposed to what we are usually doing in our minds, in our hearts. But there are millions of possible to open this reality yet none of them will work except when somehow the divine majesty the divine agency allows it when you forget your own scheming happiness will come to you from your spiritual guide here this Selection has a context, and this is one truth. One aspect of it, if the spiritual guide, in fact, is in that state of freedom, and you're not, in order for the rabita between these two, between the guide and the seeker, in order for the ravita, the bond, the resonance to be effective, drop all scheming. Stop playing games. And happiness will come. Contentment will come. When you are forgetful of self, you are remembered by God. When you have become God's slave, then you are set free. Going back to the December theme. God's mercy is water, it flows to the lowest. Become humble earth to be embraced by the merciful. After you've become nothing, you needn't fear the anvil. Take lessons every morning from absolute nothingness. And tomorrow will be another day. Each of us will have to plan certain things. Each of us will have to make certain decisions. Am I right? Anybody here doesn't have to do such things? there are a thousand things you'll do tomorrow some of them by choice some of them by habit and how how many of those things will will you be lost in how many of those things will you be so attached to that you're just totally preoccupied with that thing, that choice that plan, that possibility, that strategy? Or can you allow some space? Can you allow some nothingness into your life? And those things be chosen, planned, acted upon in awareness of the sky? spiritual training is developing a flexibility of attention to put it in very mundane terms not to limit it to that or make it so mundane but in a way this is an illustration of how uh, myopic we can be when we are focused on our the demands that, of our own ego defenses of our own ego etc. and If we don't have the flexibility of attention, to sort of widen the aperture of awareness and to remember, just remember. And suddenly everything comes into a kind of order, a kind of proportionality, a kind of... Everything finds its rightful place, if you are remembering. And along with that, something in us can change uh, in terms of our sense of ourselves. We can be a little bit lighter, a little bit less self-important, a little less self-obsessed, a little less vanity, a little less pride, a little less reactivity. Mercy is water, it flows to the lowest, become humble earth, to be embraced by the merciful. So that theme really expresses it in its most um, benevolent, compassionate, tender way. That there is, in fact, this. Gentle, tenderness that sometimes nurtures and embraces, it's the embrace of God. Sometimes you'll get a slap and you should say, oh I believe he noticed me. <laughs> Eunice has a great poem about that, you know. In which she says, if the beloved rejects you, if the beloved is cruel to you, surely the beloved will be tender one day. I mean...